0: Aloha, Maui. Hello, this is Josh Porter,
1: Jason Burkhardt,
0: and Bernard Thomas. Welcome to the Solar Coaster. This is episode 158. We've actually found another uh, SPI. Uh, show, <laughs> we thought we went through them all, but Final we've got, <laughs> we've got a few <laughs> popping around in our hard drives here. And this is actually, I think, a really interesting one. And in light of what's going on in the world today, maybe very relevant too. This is Toyota Boshoku. Jay, are you familiar with that term Boshoku or that 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 part of the name?
1: Um, I'm familiar with the brand, with the division. Um, I mean, everybody knows Toyota. Like, they make cars, but Toyota is actually a large. Um, conglomerate and they have all these different like separate companies under the Toyota umbrella. And the Boshoku group is specifically tasked with the interiors. So the things that you touch while you're sitting in one of the Toyota vehicles. They make like the Lexus chairs and the seats that go in the Prius and a, large, um, a lot of that interior stuff. So it's all about human comfort and interaction with them.
0: That makes so much sense. And that he does mention this, one of the fellas uh, from Boshoku. This was uh, recorded at CES. Did I say SPI? This is uh, CES in January in Vegas. And uh, we have uh, three interviews. Uh, one is in the kind of personal... Uh, autonomous vehicle and creature comforts is what it's all about. Uh, and they've kind of mm-hmm. brought together all these amazing technologies. Some of them really surprised me. Uh, and then we sit down and talk a little bit more uh, in depth about that. And we also have an opportunity to talk to another division that that works in the commercial space. And it's this kind of almost like a uh, mass transit version of autonomous vehicles, like a little module you've seen in some movies and some Netflix re- shows recently. Uh, but they work on that kind of interior space and how to augment that and and what type of new opportunities emerge. Apparently, if people are spending time in these vehicles, not driving, you can sell stuff to them, for example, and you can do all kinds of great stuff, you know?
1: So- uh, I thought that's what our mobile phones were for, but okay.
0: Mobile phones are going the way of the dodo. It's all in the car. It's in the next uh, five years, Jay and Brian. Brian, Mr. Prius expert. How are you today, Brian?
2: Uh, Doing great, doing great, thanks. Working on Prius batteries uh, every weekend for the past three weekends. (laughs)
0: <laughs> that's such a Brian thing to say. Okay. <laughs> so we're going to jump right into this. And let's think about this. Brian, you mentioned to me when I brought this up to you this morning that, you know, in light of what's happening in our, in our world and these kind of new ideas about how we're going to interact, how we're going to move around, whether we're going to move around and whether they're going to be in virtual spaces, that, you know, autonomous vehicles could play a really key role in this. And that's exciting. So let's think about it from that perspective. Shall we do that? Okay. Uh, this is episode 158. You guys ready to go? Let's do it. All right. So, hey, folks, a welcome to The Solar Coaster. We are a renewable energy-themed talk show right here in lovely Maui County. can be found Fridays at 1 5 p.m. on Koi 1110 a.m. Also some FM stations, 96.7 FM Central Maui, 96.5 FM Westside, 98.7 FM Upcountry.
1: www.solar-coaster.com is where you can listen live if you're outside our broadcast area. Uh, we also do a lot of YouTube streaming Um Social media and all those things are all linked to the website, solar-coaster.com. But the most important thing is that we have all our old shows archived there. If you have an interest in some kind of solar technology, uh, thermal, wind, hydro, chances are we've talked about it by now and you can go in and find the show that is specifically relevant to you and get all your information before you decide to make any purchasing decisions. Very, very important. Uh, Also, iTunes, Stitcher, and TuneIn, iHeartRadio, and a number of other podcast platforms all carry the solar coaster. Just type in solar coaster and look for our little orange and uh, blue waveform uh, circle logo.
0: There you go. we got a bunch of great sponsors that have helped keep the solar coaster on the tracks. Uh, Some changing, some new ones coming in. But, of course, Fairwinds Wealth Management with Brian Thomas right here uh, tutoring us on all things great about ETFs and ESG and the stock market uh, is a great supporter of the coaster. So thank you for that, Brian. How can people reach you if they want to talk to you? Uh,
2: 808-873-3247. We also
0: have Enduro Shield and Perfectly Clear Glass with Gary Dolberg. And I know that Gary is starting to uh, get into more and more interesting projects and is looking forward to participating in SPI uh, with the coaster. So, thank you, Gary, for all your support and to Enduro Shield. Sundrum Solar is finishing up some of the largest heat sink, um, heat exchanging system, kind of uh, industrial uh, projects in. Uh, the, the world, really, right here in Maui in the next few couple of months, we we'll to be able to talk more about that shortly. Very exciting stuff. You know, the thermal conversation seems to be the piece of the puzzle that's not fully kind of uh, talked about. And I'm really excited to see more and more of Sundrum Solar out there. Uh, we also have... It's a, kind
1: of the secret weapon, isn't it?
0: <laughs> it? It kind of is. It kind of is. You know, the, the, when you yeah. you bring it all together, you have uh, electrical jam, maybe you have some solar, some wind, some storage. Uh, and of course, you know, we start talking about how to deal that last blow, and that's... Probably has to do with thermal. So I love it. Very good stuff. Uh, we also have uh, two other sponsors that we're talking with right now. Looks like they're coming on in the next period of time. One is Solar Edge, the much lauded Solar Edge. We just did a webinar with uh, Leor and his team at Israel with Sets last weekend. That's all, or was that two weeks ago now? And that is really amazing what these guys are up to. Solar Edge is about to announce a new battery product. Remember that, Jay? I haven't seen it yet. Uh, that's coming mm-hmm. out soon. Keep your eyes and ears tuned into what Solar Edge is up to, uh, and we, we'll tell uh, you all about it as soon as it hits. Oh, you know, just listen. <laughs> we'll, we'll give you it by the minute. And then, of course, uh, lastly, uh, we have been contacted by the county of Maui. It looks like we're starting up in June first with uh, a division to talk about the of First Program. So, thank you for that. We're excited to get up and running. All right, folks, you're ready to do news and events.
1: Always, always. So Bloomberg is reporting these days that um, Europe needs a solar boom right now, or or they're going to like miss, they're going to have serious regrets and miss out on a decade worth of development. You um, scientists are now saying that they need 15% annual growth, that's year over year, and and 100,000 jobs by 2030, and 2030 is kind of right around the corner. If we if we look at it, you know, everybody's talking about. Our, our 2045 deadline for 100% renewables and everything else that they're saying that we need, they need significant growth within the next decade, or there's not going to be any way to make it. Um, it's also um, going to be much more expensive the longer you wait. And I, I seem to remember this conversation, yeah. but kind of like from the other side where there are a lot of people doing research that, you know, it would actually be cheaper to roll out renewables more quickly. And now they're just saying, well, you know what's going to be expensive if you, if you wait, well, it's
0: yes, <laughs> two sides of the same two two different ways to say the same thing. Hey, um, you, yeah, yeah. The, and and just to be clear about that, are we are we talking about avoided uh, costs of continuing to work with fossil fuels across on the full grid
1: level? Is that what that means? Yeah, I mean it's basically just just that. Uh, but there are also all these other potential um, detriments to waiting, when most of them related to climate climate issues. Right. Um, so but the eu did come out with their their new um their their historic plan now um to spur um economic growth across the eu uh in the wake of of the the pandemic issues that we've all been facing and the climate neutrality conversation was one of their key pillars right they they have like three four big big buckets uh, of conversation and they made climate neutrality one of the big ones so going forward that's going to be a big focus for them.
0: Climate neutrality. That sounds like um eh, zero, zero zero carbon, zero. you know, yeah, not, not, yeah. not
1: necessi- yeah, net zero net zero. So <laughs> so it's not that you can't can't generate any carbon, but you should be also using it and, and the net would be zero.
0: So some policy or legislative requirements for companies and organizations to kind of meet these types of characteristics or these types of statuses. Like that's what they're they're gonna require to do. I mean if you if you if you yeah. yeah.
1: I mean, I haven't I haven't read the entire the entire plan, but it's it's basically um, they're sinking uh, what was it 824 billion dollars U.S. dollars, so 750 billion euro into economic recovery, and one of the the, the stipulations is that you have to be working toward um, this this climate neutrality mm. position.
0: Mm. So prerequisites to, to, to secure public funding to
1: get that to get that to get, the, to get that money. Yeah. You yeah. Have to, you have to be doing and
0: it. and that coupled with the uh, ESG conversation, Brian, we've been having with organizations. Was it BlackRock? Did I, did I say that right? The organization that talked about yeah. ESG? I mean, that's those are two huge pillars of movement of
2: like kind of motivation. Absolutely. And, and we see that ESG, which stands for environmental, social and governance. And that's a mandate that asset allocators have decided to put a portion of the assets that they manage under under management towards ESG and and BlackRock uh, that Josh brought up is the largest US money manager with 7 trillion dollars under management but if they allocate a portion of that that money's going to flow into those companies and and you know Europe especially has the mandate to do that um, one thing i read on that article that was kind of interesting it said depending upon the speed european drivers adopt electric vehicles And the pace at which utilities shut down coal, which is actually, I saw, more expensive than renewables, but that's another topic. Mm. Uh, Solar capacity may need to grow as much as fivefold to meet EU stringent emission goals. So, five. I mean, that's a variable that we don't know the adoption of electric vehicles, but way more than 15%.
0: Check that out. Yeah. Check that out. This is why we get to talk about things like EVs. (laughs) We get an excuse to talk about it. It's all part of the same thing. Well, that's what's going on in in the EU. And I think that's, uh, that's some pretty exciting language that's pretty aggressive language. You start to see some impacts from that soon. What's happening on our side of the pond?
1: Um, well, so there was a recent court ruling, you know, the, the Trump administration levied tariffs on solar panels uh, a couple of years ago now. And it's actually actually starting to step down. The tariff is starting to step down um, to zero by 2022. But um, that close? The, wow. part of part, yeah, part, part of that conversation was um, the bifacials. Right. And we love bifacials. They're, they're different kind of technology, it's still the same silicon solar cells, but they can accept uh, light from both sides. And so when you have them raised up or in a position where they can get reflected light from other sources, there's a significant boost in performance. Now, we have no domestic manufacturing for bifacial panels. And so these bifacials were initially exempted from the solar tariff. Um, But the, um, the administration has been trying to add... Bifacial panels to the tariff scale for a long time. Um, they just they just put it out there that all of a sudden we're going to re- revoke this exclusion. And there was just n- 19 days of notice uh, available, which which um, a lot of come com- com- yeah it was, it's it's very 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 short notice. Um, companies came back and said, um, you know that's there's, there's not even enough time to have a public conversation, and that's basically illegal. So it, they brought it to court, and the court says, um, follow your own laws (laughs) as a government. You need to follow the laws that you've, you've set down, uh, which, which makes perfect sense to me. Um, but the, the, the administration is still pushing for bifacial panels to be added to, uh, the tariff scale. And, and there's no Hmm. guarantee that the tariffs won't be extended beyond that 2022 date. That's just where they are right now.
0: Yeah. I can see here that AES distributed energy, which is a group that's, I think, poking around Hawaii, uh, for quite a while. If that's the same company or distribute or a you know subsidiary or something, they were part of that uh, case, right? They're saying there just isn't enough time, so mm-hmm. they're always out there lobbying and making things happen. You know, when it comes to bifacial,s uh, you know, it's just a very ex- it's a very relevant technology. It seems you've got if you think about the breakdown, was it in the U.S.? It was something like two gigs annual residential. Does that sound right, Jay? Twenty gigs mm-hmm. commercial, yeah. twenty gigs um, cur- uh, utility, and the utility side. Uh, there's a lot of room to incorporate. Uh, By facials, I think, and then we you know we were talking with um, CEO of Next Tracker, um, oh, what's his name, Daniel Sugar. Uh, just a couple of days ago in a virtual world, actually doing a uh, promotion for an upcoming trade show with him. And he was talking about the Midwest and the utility scale and how that's just booming out there and how he was seeing. And he's got this special tracker that works with bifacials to create optimum backside gain. So this is a, a really important tool for that 20 gigs, that big portion of the overall, maybe even moving into some of the other sectors, but a really important tool for us to be able to keep that, uh, that 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 rate of deployment up and to do more and more. You know, you can make make more energy with with less dollars, it seems. So the fact that this is not a space. Yeah, yeah. Big gains. We saw some of that. And Jay, you and I were talking with some, who's that fella? Andre Richter, right? The uh, Meyerberger uh, f- that creates basically the tools for these manufacturers to develop these. He's been on the show two or three times um, to develop these uh, bifacial panels. You know, I, I kind of was surprised, though, that we didn't have any manufacturing in the States. I mean, that's something that could be uh, maybe maybe changed.
1: I would, I would certainly hope so, but I don't, I don't see that happening anytime soon. Um, one other thing, I think, I think I, I Brian,
0: this, I think Brian's still actually working on his Prius at this moment.
2: Here. Brian, is that is you, really? you? No, no, no. <laughs> yeah, no, I'm here. I'm
1: here. Okay, go for it. Yeah. Um, so I want to bring the back into the state now. Um, Hawaii has uh, been working on rolling out more residential solar and actually trying to streamline the process so this is a big deal um if if you were looking for solar in the state of hawaii um has anybody read this this whole policy now the, the changes you mean uh, so I mean, basically, say, basically, I, basically 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 what they, what they're doing is they're allowing up to 25 kilowatt installs which is really significant i mean your average residential yeah. install is what josh maybe seven five kilowatts. to seven yeah seven kilowatts yeah yeah so somewhere in there um so, so 25 kilowatt is a lot of power. That's a big install for a large house um, if it's considered residential. But the biggest thing is that they can turn it on as soon as the building permits close. So you should typically, in, in my understanding, was you have to have a final inspection. They come out, they finally change your meter, mm. and then you can turn it on. Mm. And and that, that's correct, right? I mean, you were used...
0: Yeah. I mean, they've, they've yeah, yeah. Yeah. And they've you know, there were different kind of rules and regs for the islands. But over the last year they they, you know, synced up those policies as much as they could with the with the different characteristics of each island. And but, yeah, that was kind of the nature it, of it. it. looks like that tail end. But of it the still process took forever. Faster.
1: Yeah. <laughs> and a lot still of the times took forever yeah, to get inspector out.
0: Yeah. Well, a lot of the times people would be doing a last minute. You'd be waiting, you know, and then, of course, it would everyone wouldn't want an inspector at the same time as a tax credit thing. Right. So mm-hmm, mm-hmm. because of that, it would, you know, it could take a long time for sure. You know, you were and you were kind of at the at the. Um the mercy of the utility they could you know kind of do it. They, they had timelines puc defined timelines i believe um but it was you know time mm-hmm. consuming so it looks like they're kind of speeding this up they're trying to take away some of the red tape you know this is this is you know certainly an intent and we'll see about practice but this is exactly the kind of thing where we can um we can make the industry work faster more efficient better less costly these all of this costs money right if you know so if you can speed this up and I, there's i think there's a lot of room for improvement so brian you were saying you were pretty encouraged to see this kind of thing happening
2: Yeah, I I think it's pretty impressive that all these stakeholders got together and recognized the need for it and the benefit to it. And it it just benefits the consumer, but it also helps us get get us closer to our goals. But um, it was encouraging. And it it was good to see, and see it take effect.
0: I can see the you know the the, the residential solar industry is so um, kind of news dependent. Always, you know it's always kind of like here's the newest thing and this is happening and that meeting is going to end and this thing is going to begin and get in there. You know it's like that kind of a, a vibe in the industry. So I can almost hear it hear it coming out of the industry right now. You can turn your system on right away. <laughs> you know it's like they're going to be out there pum- you know pumping that uh, that whole message. But that's great. That's great to see that kind of change. There's also we're seeing some. Oh, go ahead.
2: Well, I was going to say, uh, like on our last show, we talked about the Facebook ads for solar that just yeah. twist and, and distort everything. You're going to see, uh, get solar today. You right? Know, it's totally. <laughs> no, 100%. The, yeah. <laughs> those guys i can't stand those guys all
1: right we did, we, did, we did talk about that last show do be aware of those ads they're they're not necessarily if even remotely factual <laughs> <laughs> talk talk to your local solar installer and get the real get the real deal
0: yeah 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 we're getting some texts from some people on always going oh man i'm getting texts by uh, by solar installers out there some pretty funny text on that one okay very good we've got a couple more um what else do you want to grab anything we can grab before we go to uh, go to commercials
1: um just just that the um the we've seen huge growth in um just the past couple weeks of actual solar installers as, as people start to start to try to get back to work i mean energy is still a a critical uh business uh you can get solar done it's it's not nearly as fast but we see across the entire state and actually most of the nation that the solar industry is still staged for a very, very fast ramp up again. After the, after the, the the national shutdowns that we've seen, so if you if you need solar or if you have an interest in solar, um, make the phone call because chances are it's it's going to get very crowded very quickly. <laughs> in, right. In just right. A bit.
0: Get yourself ready. Yeah, for sure. Take advantage of the tax credits in the current form as well. Okay, that yep. should um, v- that should pretty much do it. Can we let's jump over early, get to our commercial, we'll come back and we'll get into this is CES Toyota Boshuku right after, after the commercial break. Enduro. Shield glass protection is the cost-effective way to help protect your PV investment, reduce cleaning needs, and help maximize power production. Shield prevents etching, helps reduce soiling and debris buildup. At only two molecules thick, EnduroShield is optically clear, UV transparent. A one-time application provides up to 10 years of durability. To learn more about the coating, visit EnduroShield.com solar. You can request factory application or on-site by certified technicians like the team at Perfectly Clear in Hawaii. And for on-site applications in western U.S., visit PerfectlyClear.glass or call Gary at 808-280-9422. That's 808-280-9422. Pantech Design is ushering the world into a new age of home energy automation through the convergence of smart home technologies and renewable energy management. Unifying solar energy production, intelligent energy storage, and smart breaker technologies with smart home devices, Pantech Design's complete home energy automation suite incorporates unprecedented control of lighting, shades, Climate, security, hot water, electric vehicle charging, and many other systems. Contact Pantech today at PantechDesign.com.
1: Uh, so, the height is for adjustment of the steering wheel and the seat, because uh, you know
3: you want it to be comfortable for every person. Yeah. Uh, and then the age category is just for the simulation. It's going to try to um, pick a song that you might like.
0: Match interest to my generation,
4: like this kind of thing. Yep.
3: All right,
4: sounds pretty good.
3: Yep. So, if you guys want to okay. head on in. Great.
4: So, the, the, um, the seat. Rotate it to welcome you in. and This is our welcome space, nice. um, so it's easy to get in. Mm-hmm. Uh, and of course, you know, for we, we particularly um, designed this with senior, you know, silver age in mind mm-hmm. because of their mobility limitation. Mm-hmm. So it, it's you know, it, we we feel that one of the biggest um, uh, customer pull is going to be actually from the silver age bracket once the autonomous technology is available because it, yeah. they could get around much easier. right? Yeah. So this is really to one of the ideas to accommodate their needs. Oh, exciting. Yeah.
0: Can't wait to try it out. Please go ahead. Would you mind helping us? Could you grab a little video, Could you sit down?
4: Yep. I do that. yeah. So there's a, a foot plate on the seat. You may want to put your heel yep, on top so of the we'll seat like we'll that. Yep. Okay. Go ahead and press the button. Push uh, to it. To the
0: seats will move now.
4: Okay. And as we go forward, uh, you'll notice the seat belt actually is going to slide forward, okay. and the belt buckle will rise. So again, that's to ease, uh, ease the the maneuver of uh, right. take you know taking the seat belt, I see it. And, you know, and then putting it down, you know, installing it. So. If you do, if you don't mind putting the seat on. Okay. There's There's a, a, yeah.
0: okay gotcha. yeah. So we've got a uh, it rises up a little
4: bit, makes it easier. The, yeah, the buckle. You'll see the buckle actually is illuminated and it's it's um, oh, higher. It. That was uh, pretty easy. Yeah. Then and once you put it in, uh, it will automatically pull down and Ooh. give you a tension.
0: Oh, it adjusts. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And Did the, the steering the steering wheel
4: come? Just just came up. Yeah.
0: So um, you just
4: saw saw that on the instrument panel, it gives the the cabin condition, the air quality, the uh, moist humidity, and uh, um, the overall air quality. Gotcha. So we're simulating the um, manual driving mode at this point. You see the uh, drive mode in the steering wheel indication. So now we're into the self-driving zone, because we expect that in the future there'll be dedicated lanes for the self-driving. So now uh, you can activate the self-driving by putting both thumbs uh, in the, the sensor. OK. There you go. That's, yeah. That's, that's good. Now we, we will uh, pull back, and the same wheel goes forward. Now the idea is so that,
3: uh,
4: so that you could, now you can swap your touchpad here, like this, and then it will uh, display. Uh, schedule and other things so you can do a multitasking now uh, each seat has a aviation style table so then then you can you know do your work and eat or what have you uh, while it's being driven by the computer next oh, very tall cool.
1: through a safe and
0: comfortable
4: experience on the way home So let's say you're in auto drive, you're relaxing, and uh, you just want to relax and chill out, right? So we, we have all this sort of comfort accommodation features built into the seat. For instance, right now, the, the passenger is falling asleep. So the camera is detecting that uh, in combination with the heartbeat and the breathing pattern, determines that, OK, the passenger is falling asleep. So then we want to accommodate, without you telling the car, uh, automatically adjust into a relaxed position. Now you just notice the neck rest yeah. and then yep. the, there will be a massage as well as a sound and then aroma yep. that kind of gives yep. you a very relaxed uh, uh, feeling.
0: So there's actually a, a, it's effectively a massage chair that we're sitting in right now.
4: That's right. You're, you're in a sort of very luxurious uh, lounge enjoying the sort of relaxation. We will
0: soon arrive at
4: home. So let's
3: switch to the drive mode.
4: So we're going to switch the drive mode by pressing two fingers onto the sensor. Yeah, there you go. And then uh, it will revert back to the uh, drive mode. Now the re- uh, reason is because the steering, steering wheel is far away from you, so you can't reach it. So you, know, you have to uh, uh, switch the mode that way. So that's the song that you picked. <laughs> well, A.I. picked for you, for your generation. <laughs>
0: It, it, it is from the uh, the 90s, right? So that would make sense. You are now ready to drive.
4: So that, that, was, uh, that was a sort of a, a way of naturally arousing you uh, to bring up the alertness of the, the driver.
0: Yeah. Oh, I see. So the music and the temperature.
4: Temperature, and there was aroma, and, and, and then there's vibration, audio, and all that. You wake company. up, it's, it's yeah. time to engage. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. Exactly. Very right. Then you feel a little bit of woody, you know, smell, and that's just again to uh, you know, bring up your alertness. Uh,
0: right. Right. It's almost a cedar kind of smell. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right. So now
4: uh, you see the v- uh, video uh, of the family mode. So now you can press the family mode. Please yeah.
2: select from the control panel. Please pay attention.
4: Oh, there we go. Now though, again, the footrest will come out. Oh, it does. Slide forward. And then what will happen is uh, you will slide first, the driver. And then okay. you just heard, felt that tuck on the seat belt, yep. That's to remind you that the seat's going to move.
0: I see. It. So it's telling mm-hmm. you what to expect.
4: So as I rotate 180 degrees, I'm going to face rearward. But yep. if I stick my foot out, it, the, the camera detects the unsafe movement. So yeah. when I retract back, it will continue. Right. There's a,
0: there's a lot of interaction with, uh, it with, with, there, there, there requires a certain degree of trust and comfort sure. with the car because it, you have a belt on, you're moving around, your legs and all these things. Yeah,
4: yeah. so it's really, it's we can't really call it AI, but it's really the sort of what we call the concierge in car concept. So the car is doing everything for you autonomously, like the car is being driven outside. So it's the autonomous out, autonomous in, and so all the features are. Uh, now we have also uh, a little fireworks. Now the glass is trans opaque now. Uh, we're using it. We're using it as a uh, joint uh, shared screen. Yeah. So you're able to uh, modulate the opacity
0: of the windows uh, to be able to. Uh, is that happening through electricity charging and? realignment like DLP technology so that's really cool I've actually never seen that in this kind of an application before
4: right so then this is really really to have a multiple use it, it really blocks out the sunlight during the park so it keeps the cabin temperature low and also gives you privacy if you wanna fall asleep and you don't want somebody to look into your car and then lastly is that we could use it as a joint share screen When we are facing like this and three people,
0: yeah, it's really fascinating. How this type of technology here, how conceptual is this versus how uh, like ready for market is something or some of these components?
4: We've designed this vehicle with twenty twenty five production in mind, so they are very very real. Now these are all doable technologies in five years. Right.
0: So you think by twenty twenty five we'll have something like this on the road? Absolutely. Throughout different countries, uh, is this? Is, uh, do we have some testing happening, in, but prior to that, in Japan or in other environments?
4: Yes. yes. Uh, so these are all sort of uh, uh, technologies we've been developing. We just happen to put them all together into a context of a uh, vehicle experience. So yes, uh, they will be ready for uh, production by 2025.
0: Well, it's very exciting. I have loads of questions for you, but you have a very uh, long line here for other people to get this great experience. Maybe we should take it outside of the car. And then we, we can talk a little bit more if you'd like.
4: Yeah. Sure, absolutely. Okay, Thank you so much. Okay, so now we're going to go back to the uh, forward-facing mode. Yeah. Okay. You just, again, felt that little tuck. Let you know that uh, on the seatbelt. Okay. Uh, to let you know that it's, it's moving.
0: That's really noticeable, too. It says, okay, it's time to do something different. Uh, be aware something is about to happen.
4: Yeah. So we have a lot of these um, sort of subtle, passive, uh engagement interaction with uh the the occupants in the vehicle so it doesn't feel offensive or intrusive or uh you know um, uh you the know seats will move surprising out. it's it's right. it's very sort of delightful in way of engaging with the the occupants i can
0: imagine a, a, a an experience similar to phones where we became acquainted with phones and we become acquainted with this kind of interaction with the the, the car
4: can i just step out?
0: Wow, that was really, uh, really amazing. Um, so I guess, uh, oh, you have my phone right there. Thank you so much. So we just got out of the, out of this amazing uh, car. You're calling it a concept vehicle. What's the name of the vehicle?
4: MX191, and that MX stands for Mobility Experience. Uh, 191 is a 2019, the first concept uh, of the year. So uh, that, that's really easy internal way of calling the, the car uh, to so that because we can keep keep track of the vehicle concept. Yeah. Right. And so this vehicle, do you have a
0: sense of some of what the specs might be uh, at this stage of the game? Do you have a sense of uh, where you see uh, the power plant, how you see the power plant operating or anything along those lines starting to kind of come out?
4: Yeah, so this is uh, based on the EV platform uh, and uh, I, mean, I can't tell you the details of the platform because it's, it's confidential, but it's um, um, it's basically you got battery pack underneath the floor and then you have the um, motors on each you know, axle. Um, so then, the and then of course the firewall has been pushed forward because the it no longer has engine. Therefore, the the you know the front hood is really a front plus a little bit of uh, motor space. So then we can maximize the cabin length within the external dimension of the vehicle. So this external dimension is basically a CD class uh, C SUV.
0: Right. tremendous amount of interior space really like uh, very different from what you'd expect in a, a normal car uh, very cool stuff very cool stuff you know uh, it's amazing what we're seeing at the show this year I'm sitting here I'm speaking with Richard Chung he's from uh, Karia, Japan where is Kariya
4: Kariya is in Toyota City uh, near Toyota City so it's in it's near Nagoya Japan okay
0: so both me and my partner in the show we both lived in Japan I lived in Tokyo and he lives in Osaka presently uh, so we you know Japan's kinda near and dear to our heart and the innovation that always comes out of Japan is always we're right on top of that very excited about it um, what do you think and seeing all of this discussion out here about smart cities about um, autonomous driving about uh, electric vehicles what do you I mean I, IOT there's there's a real surge you know and it feels like this future is kind of not very far off right now. It feels like it's right around the corner. That's that's what I'm, I'm getting right now, yesterday and today.
4: How do you feel about it? Sure, it's, it's you know, the growth is exponential. So, I mean, you know, last year's uh, development uh, is gonna be faster by half, or, or even one-third, you know, of the time. Uh, so, you know, we, and the, the bet's because, I think it's a combination of the passion of the people, the consumers pulling it, and then um, the industry focusing on it, and then, of course with the you know, aid of computer and AI and so forth, uh, so, so there's uh, the conversions of technology now happening, and cars certainly is that convergence space, uh, we, we see it, so it's not only the, the transportation now, but it's the full experience, immersive experience that happens inside the cabin. So uh, at Toyota Boshoku we, we, uh, we consider ourselves as the interior space creator, so we, we want to create that experience uh, for the consumers and passengers, a new type of uh, experience they can um, feel excited about. And you know, these days people are uh, focused more on uh, how to you know, redeem their time, right? And have more convenience, have more privacy, more space, uh, better health and wellness, uh, and better experience. And so we are focused on how, okay, how do we provide that exp- the needs of the pool uh, demand uh, through our uh, interior experience. I mean, it, it's clearly being accomplished
0: already. You can you can see that, you can feel it, you can touch it, you can experience it, and it certainly uh, uh, it seems to me that I think people are hungry for it. You mentioned that there's a pull from the, from the clientele. I personally, as an enthusiast and a person in the media and a consumer, you know, an early adopter, I, I'm out there going, "Wow, I want that." what i I didn't know I wanted it before, but now that I've experienced it, I want that I can see that there's a fundamental shift in the quality of life with that technology It's also very interesting to think about how phones we, we've we've kind of created this uh, relationship with our phones where it's so integral to our lives and it looks like cars are taking the torch in a way from phones they, you know it's, it's one really fundamental thing that I've noticed and I'd like to ask you about is that Uh, as we've adopted these phones in such a strong way in our lives over the last 10-15 years it's it, there's been some negative impacts right but what i'm seeing with the cars and with the uh, all of these ideas it's there's a big focus on wellness and kind of a healthy integration of the new technology is that a, is that is that forefront of the mind is that is
4: that are we learning from the experience with the phones i mean what, what is your thought on that oh, absolutely i think you know there's always that sort of early phase of any new technology of side effects if you will yeah so you know these uh, t- so texting and driving you know that's just you know just a cross-mix of old technology with new technology and then something bad happens, right? Um, but I think eventually people will recognize and then the technology also will accommodate those type of bad scenarios and, and then alleviate them uh, through the next steps of technology. Um, so yes, we have learned you know, what, what happened with a mobile phone, but now a mobile phone is uh, 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 you know, evolving to more of a personal extension uh, and a uh, personal agent, if you will, uh, secretary, uh, that takes care of all the nuance, nuances of that you took in you know, a time before. Uh, now we are living in an instant culture now, so everything that we do, we want it instantly. You know, instant shop, instant knowledge, instant you know, content media, instant shop, uh, eat, um, and so uh, we cannot deny that. That's the customers who want that, that type of instant access. Uh, so then we, you know, we're thinking about okay, how do we still meet that need? Without causing sort of uh, d- disruption in, you know, with the side effects, if you will, uh, you know, having uh, wrongful usage of that technology.
0: Yeah, it seems really clear to me that that's forefront. That's for, that's that's top of mind. And then one last question, if you don't mind. You know, uh, our show, uh, its genesis is in energy. And we think about renewable energy a lot. We think about uh, climate change. We think about how our world, how we're interacting with our world. And of course, uh, we're here because we want to understand what types of technologies might cross over into that. So you have an electrified concept. Anytime something is electrified like this, we have the opportunity to uh, reduce GHG spend, uh, to create a overall kind of more integrated uh, piece of technology that's not externalizing cost onto the environment. Are there any environmental considerations or thoughts that you're kind of putting into this at this stage of the game?
4: Sure, uh, one one uh, thought we had in uh, mind was how to reduce the overall uh, energy consumption within the vehicle context because it's an electric vehicle and it consumes a lot of electric power um, and one of the biggest bigger consuming uh, uh, features other than the driving the powertrain is uh, thermal management. So um, we have actually in each of the seats for the passenger, individualized climate control system. Uh, so you don't have to heat up the entire cabin. You just have to control that the area that you're sitting in. So that calculates to about 30% energy efficiency in comparison to the traditional system uh, that we can offer to the to the to the future.
0: So glad I asked that question. Uh, I've been exploring that type of technology. There's a couple, there's actually an organization out of Japan called the Ship that is working on a similar type of uh, uh, process for for Maritime. So uh, excellent, well I can't thank you enough, Uh, Mr. Richard Chung uh, from uh, Toyota Boshoku Corporation. One last thing, Boshoku uh, Corporation, is this a division or a subsidiary or how does it relate to Toyota proper?
4: So actually that's a very interesting question because Toyota Boshoku, Boshoku means textile. And the history of Toyota actually started from textile 103 years ago. Saw so the uh, the loom was the first technology, right? That's right. So, that's the that's the bullshit part. So, we are actually the parent company of the Toyota Motor Company. <laughs> <laughs> gotcha.
0: You got me on that one. Well, it's been a pleasure, Richard. I really appreciate uh, your candor and, and the great work that everyone's doing at Toyota and I hope to learn more and explore the rest of the technology here. Thank you very much, Joshua. All right. Aloha. Quite an experience. And, you know, we pulled that one out of the archives. And I had to say that in retrospect, that was one of the most thorough kind of experiences that they, they just had so many different components coming together to give you a sense of what this autonomous vehicle experience might be like. It kinda you know kinda blew my mind. And of course from Toyota, right Jay?
1: Yeah absolutely. I mean they're they're always when you when you think about a Japanese car manufacturer that's at the forefront of technology, that's the one. Um but, I mean, in, in this world where we are looking more autonomous vehicles, autonomous transportation, if it's public transport, <laughs> where what are these vehicles going to look like? Um, Bush, Toyota Boshoku is definitely going to be involved in, in shaping that future.
0: For sure. And then, you know, one of the, the, the actual feel of that experience, some of the things that blew me away, you know, when you think about autonomous driving, okay, well, we can do a lot of new great things. Fantastic, right? But some of the, like, for example, the um, – the the opacity changing of the opacity of the windows that all becomes a huge screen right so you can you can do a lot with that there's a lot of opportunity in these things that just never 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 popped to my mind before but then also the way the machine is interacting with you it you heard me at one point say you kind of have to trust it you don't like this this machine is moving around you're belted in it's doing all the it's sending out all this information it's you know you kind of got to get you, you know like the level of comfort we have with our phones that it's going to to whatever degree protect our privacy or it's going to work and it's for our security we'll have to have a similar level of trust extended to that technology when it becomes a part of our lives and that was clear to me because as i was sitting there i'm going wait a second what's this thing doing to me i'm moving around i'm getting squished <laughs> in different directions i was kind of feeling a little like uh, i don't know so um but yeah, that he, was that was that was interesting
1: he used the, he used the word passive to describe the um, the, the interaction and i don't know if it's, it's, there's there's nothing less passive than i think that the vehicle or somebody yanking on your seatbelt I mean, my brother <laughs> used to do that to me ah, ah. Uh. Okay. is <laughs> <laughs> but 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 it but I mean it's it very will very much get your attention sure. Very
0: cool. So that was the personal vehicle concept, and we're they're actually working on another type of vehicle. We're going to hear about that in a second. It's called the MOOCs. I'm not sure if I'm pronouncing it correctly. M O O X. But this is more of the commercial side of the conversation. Let's check this out. So we're heading into the uh, the MOOCs I just learned is the pronunciation here. This is a, a showcase for all this great technology for autonomous. Uh, well, I'm going to let them do the talking, so here we go. All right. Oh, I brought my coffee in because hey, I, right. I thought it kind of made sense in here. Uh, absolutely okay. Jeff Morin from Toyota. Nice to meet you. I'm Josh Porter. Nice to meet you, Josh. How all are you right? doing you today? Shake there. Hey. Uh, so, Jeff, thanks for taking the time. We're going to be doing this with the directional mic. Uh, Thanks for taking the time to talk to us at the Solar Coaster. So this is a really uh, exciting uh, uh, concept. There's a lot going on in here. I'm trying to get my head around all of it. So help me out in understanding what MOOCS is and what Toyota Boshoku is doing. Absolutely.
3: So a little background on who we are at Toyota Boshoku. We are an interior technology supplier. Um, We are within the Toyota group of companies uh, supplying different interior components to OEM level uh, vehicles. Um, So with the transition in the automotive industry moving towards the autonomous future, We really want to showcase our ability to package components, package technologies for that type of vehicle in the future. So this is our level five fully autonomous concept where we're developing an interior space uh, that is specifically designed to meet a service need. So showcased here today is an entertainment space. We got a couple screens in the vehicle. Uh, we're showcasing a virtual reality experience that's using some emotion detection technology where we're monitoring the occupant through some eye tracking, through, through some body monitoring, as well as some sensors in the seat to get an understanding of how they feel. So as we continue to provide an entertainment experience, we can respond with something that's uh, interesting to them. And if it's something that maybe they're not so interested in, we can change the direction and you know do something that's more appealing to what they like. Okay luckily I watched the
0: Woven Cities stream this morning so I've got a little bit of what you're talking about kind of in my head and so the tracking is quite interesting because that's helping to kind of engage uh, the, the rider or the user or the person that's here with what they're interested in. That's kind of what you're saying.
3: right? Yeah, absolutely. So for focusing on the entertainment side of things as well as really any service space, we want to improve the user experience. So the, at the center of that is the human, so looking at the monitor. Uh, Monitoring their condition and their status will give us some, some information that can let us provide a better experience to them, a little more tailored experience through our, you know, our interior components.
0: Okay, well, very cool stuff. Well, walk me through some of the technology. What's yeah. some of the highlights?
3: So today we have uh, showcasing our tailored space system. Uh, we have a rail system that's at the top of the vehicle at about hip level, as well as at the floor. And this is what we're using to mount different components inside the vehicle. So the concept with MOOCs is the ability to reconfigure that space with different components. So working with companies as a technology supplier, service provider, and at the OEM level, we can package components that meet certain service needs. So basically we want to be the ones that created the package of components. Uh, collaborating with uh, suppliers across the board, and then deliver those to the manufacturer of the shuttle uh, or the autonomous vehicle of the future. So so when you're
0: creating these kinds of, uh, it, it really is a, an exercise in imagination, right? Because there's, um, you have to kind of envision how people are using these c- vehicles, can I call them that? And, yeah, absolutely. Then, and then what are their needs? And right. then so you're kind of looking into the future saying, people are, I guess, they're no longer driving, uh, in this situation there now you have full autonomy I suppose and so people have a lot of free time.
3: Yeah so the space is now just this open canvas for us as an interior technology company to design and develop the components that will meet the the interests and the needs of our customers so I mean working with them and working with uh, other technology suppliers we really have you know freedom to develop whatever people will use and will enjoy so that's kind of our ultimate goal is, you know, developing these types of things.
0: Very cool stuff. So now some are pretty straightforward, like a racking system to accommodate technology. What's, uh, let me ask you this, what's one of the more unusual ones?
3: Um, I would say right now, uh, looking at the retail space, I don't think that's something that exists currently, right? So I mean, being able to have something delivered to you on demand when you want it. I mean, that's kind of the direction that a lot of things are going right now in terms of, you know, the the service mobility as a service area. So we want to, I guess, I think really showcase the flexibility of this type of space. I think really looking at it from a retail perspective is one of those, you know, unique ways to understand how a vehicle of the future can be used. Right, right. I
0: see that. And then, of course, there's a, there's a tremendous opportunity there for I don't know who the suppliers might be, but there's a lot of you have you have att- time yep. and you have attention, yep. uh, and you have people with purchasing power, and that's what a, what an amazing kind of aspect of the industry that has yet to be tapped. Right.
3: I think with the automotive industry transformation right now, you're going to have a lot of new players in the the area. Right. So I mean, maybe somebody that's not a traditional automotive. You know, involved with the industry is now available to come in and work with companies like us and you know really collaborate on new things to put inside of a vehicle right because the space is you know changing so drastically so quickly and it's basically you know the future is here and we want to be the ones to you know design that future interior space it's an
0: interesting thought because when you think about some of the other players in the industry like Amazon and the Rivian uh, are a truck everyone's very excited about that for example when you think of Amazon's investment in Rivian you think well they're looking for a platform to deliver products or something along those lines but actually there are there are retailer that could be exploring the future autonomous space where they could retail just like they're doing with the Alexa in-home, in right? Yeah, so there's a whole a whole di- different kinds of really cool crossover. Very cool stuff. Is there anything you should call our attention to before we kind of uh, finish up?
3: No, I think we covered it pretty well. Um, I think, you know, as we said, we, we're really focused on creating that future interior space and uh, we're really open to working with whoever wants to, you know, come come work with us and, you know, make the future. So. So it's almost
0: an open source kind of, hey, guys, give us your ideas. Let's yeah. work together oh, yeah, and build yeah, yeah. something.
3: And that's the concept. So we, this is an open open vehicle for us, and, you know, we want to create the service spaces and the interiors that bring, you know, users the most uh, the most happiness. So thank you. All right. Well, this has been
0: Jeff Moran from uh, from uh, to- Toyota Boshoku. Really appreciate your time.
3: No, thank you, Josh. All right. Aloha,
0: man. Check that out. That's really the future, uh, right there. That notion of this kind of module moving around a future city, and then, of course, you know, it didn't occur to me that well, we're going to be spending a lot of time there. So it's obviously going to be a space that retailers are going to want to be a part of, and it's kind of an extension of the 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 at home, you know, uh, Alexa or, or Siri on our phones. You know, uh, really, uh, again, yeah, kind of new new ideas to me. What do you guys think?
1: I've talked. I've, I've I've talked to you about about this before. I mean, there's a, a prominent, um, coffee slash non coffee, uh, drink shop that I I can see fielding a fleet of vehicles, and you would want that one to take you to work in the morning because you right. can, because it'll have an on an onboard automated, coffee vending <laughs> vending system. It's a barista. You know, yeah. Of things. Um, it's 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 very much coming in the in the future and and in the near future from what I'm hearing
0: for sure. And Brian, this is part yeah. of something called the woven city. Which is a, a comprehensive smart city, with, uh, based at the, at the, which is uh, located at the base of Mount Fuji, uh, and they're testing all kinds of different stuff. So they had these kind of uh, renderings and these kind of sophisticated exhibits showing this new way for people to live, uh, based on renewable energy, based on uh, creating you know a better lifestyle for at, at so many different levels. And they're building and testing this facility. I think they're breaking ground already. I mean, it's, it's happening. Mm.
2: Yeah, just uh, for people that are interested, Google Woven City, and um, it's all encompassing. So it's, it's just, it'll be a way of life in that in that location.
0: Yeah, and it's that mobility as a service. There's actually an icon. I'm hitting it right now on their their main uh, page, which is what we what I was standing in. That was the MOOCs. Uh, vehicle, so yeah, quite an experience there, and I think this was one of the you know more more comprehensive uh, visions for the future on autonomous vehicles. And then you know I got to tell you, since um, CES, I don't know if you guys have keep track on what's going on with Netflix and stuff these days, but there's shows out there that are are, are showcasing this in the near future. There's a show called Upload, and they have an autonomous vehicle. Uh, a, as a major part of the plot of the show. And it was like, it's exactly this. It's like it's like they sent the writers to CES and then they just modeled it and then turned it into a show. It's amazing. Check that out if you want to see it and it's kind of a uh, you know a cinematic kind of vision. So Jay, you want to cover something else here?
1: Oh, just one last quick thing. Uh, previously on the solar coaster, we um, <laughs> talked about the X-37B orbital test vehicle. It's basically a, a mini space shuttle that is still in use by... Um, the Air Force now, Space Force, um, and and other military um, uh, arms of the government to conduct space research. After the ending of the shuttle program, um, they they needed a way to send things into space, and they certainly were going to send our military technology on a Russian rocket. So they came up with this small, this this mini this mini version, and it's unmanned. It's a robotic test vehicle, um, and. F- We'll uh, do all sorts of experiments. We reported last time that the um, Navy uh, Naval Research Laboratory was sending up a space satellite that was, it's approximately 12 inches square and has the ability to harvest solar energy and then transmit it in microwave form back down to Earth. Now, this is a very small, like I said, it's only a foot square. Um, I actually counted it. It's like 14 um, cells worth how much? How much power is that, Josh? Fourteen. Fourteen cells. cells. Uh, yeah.
0: Yep. How we say, hang on a second. <laughs> uh,
1: not, <laughs> not, 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 not very much. I'll g- I'll give you that. But they, it's five watts per cell, right? Figure that. <laughs> yep. Yeah. It was. Um, deployed 20 watts and with all with all all that will yeah with all 20 watts so it's very very small but with with all the conversation about the dragon and our actual us um, astronaut launch it's very easy to forget that this thing is also up there and it's just it just launched the actual satellite so we are now harvesting space solar energy and beaming it down to earth somewhere, except that of course this is a, a naval research program and it's all classified so we don't actually know much more than that. <laughs> they're, they're,
0: they've got a 20 watt cell and they're they're somehow sending it down to earth via microwave.
1: Is that what's happening? <laughs> Yeah, well, it's actually it's actually 28 half cut cells. So it's 14 cells worth. I, I counted them. Right. Um, there's there is one high, there's one high resolution photo of it somewhere that you can you can yeah, find uh, if you're if you're interested. Um, but it's really, really interesting because that we're beaming space energy down to the planet that wasn't that wouldn't have already hit the planet, first of all. Um, but there's so many benefits to this. I mean, when we when you think about it, you know, it's, it's the sun is always out in space if depending on where your satellite is. Um, it's actually stronger radiation uh, and it's also there's a lot more blue Uh, you think why is the sky blue well it's, it's blue because the the blue light is is scattered as it comes through the air you don't have that effect in space so you can harvest more of those frequencies and so there's just generally more energy available as well as as having it 24 7. so if we can perfect some kind of system where you can beam that energy down to Earth, we wouldn't have any of the problems that we have with throwing out large solar fields here.
0: Very good, Jay. Thank you for that. Thank you, Brian Thomas for today. Future focus in the house. Um, Yeah. Amazing to see the solar coaster report on that as a vision about two years ago and now a uh, version of reality right now. So, hey folks, this has been the solar coaster. We are sponsored by Fairwinds Wealth Management, Duroshield, perfectly clear glass, and a bunch of other great companies. Have a wonderful weekend and
1: aloha Friday.